What makes the good life the good life? This podcast is on a mission to find out. Join us for the second season of exploring the best voices and stories the Heartland has to offer. Venture to all four corners of York County, because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County, Season 2. Good day and uh, welcome to the 17 County Podcast. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, and review our podcast. Uh, this helps our podcast grow and we can learn a little bit from our listeners and we can help become a better podcast. So thank you for your support. Um, today, uh, our guest is uh, the current superintendent of McCool Public Schools. He grew up in the Friend, uh, Friend area, graduated from Friend High School, um, spent some time uh, teaching um, down in along the Nebraska-Kansas border, and then Elbin Creek, Kearney area, uh, before leaving the state, heading to the Lone Star State uh, for a few years before finally eventually making his way back home to the um, Cornhusker State. Um, I'd like to welcome Dr. Curtis Cogswell to the show, and so um, welcome to the show, Kurt. Thank you, Derek. Appreciate it. Perfect. Uh, so first things first here, talk to me a little bit about what it was like growing up in Friend and um, uh, your experiences there. Sure. Loved it. Uh, the, the one thing, my dad's a retired farmer, and so grew up on a farm and, and being involved in a small school. Uh, we had a, there were five, uh, in, as far as four brothers and a, and, a, and a sister in my family. So we were involved in sports and 4-H, things like that. A lot of what uh, the kids get to experience here in McCool Junction. Uh, but like I said, loved it. The, the small, intimate setting of, of uh, a small school. We're involved. Our our, our loves, of course, anything with, with having three boys within four years. So my two older brothers were actually just a grade one and two grades ahead of me. So anything with a, ba- a basketball, football, anything with a ball in our hands, we were always involved in. And then again, growing up, learned a great work ethic being on the farm. And so really appreciate it. And, and it made me appreciate what it was like growing up in rural Nebraska. So it was a great experience, Derek. Loved it. Loved it. Uh, you talked about sport. Were you uh, basketball, football, track, or I guess what? How did your kind of sport break down? In high school, that that was the case, and then in college, uh, I went to Peru State and uh, and was humbled and got to sit on the bench for a couple of years at Peru State and understood how where, where my talent level truly was. <laughs> but uh, again, it was a great experience just to be part of the team. Uh, and realize that um, you know my my path probably wasn't professional basketball, uh, but again it, it was a great experience. And then uh, you know it led me again. Peru State was a, a small college that lent itself to getting involved again. And besides uh, sports, then um, I got involved and, and was fortunate enough to get to be president of the student body. Uh, I got to serve on the the state board of trustees. Uh, which was appointed by the governor, so I got to got to serve on that, and and just got to be part of the student government end of it, uh, which which I think kind of led myself to understanding what how important leadership is, and um, and then uh, all along I knew I wanted to get involved in education, teaching, and coaching, and so um, uh, it, it just it, it just felt like a natural going from a friend to a, to a Peru state. Uh, and being part of that small college. Did you, um, were you actively involved, I guess, in a friend high school? Was that something that kind of started at friend and then carried over into Peru State? Was that one of the things that kind of Peru or um, friend kind of helped prepare you kind of for your next steps? I, I would say that's true, Derek, because I was involved in student council, things like that, that, that you know, because I think in my graduating class at friend, there were 32 students. So it gave me a chance to be involved in things besides sports, student council. Uh, I remember this, you know, walking the hallways one day at Friend High and, and uh, the, our director of our play said, hey, uh, I was walking with my older brother. He said, the Cogswell boys haven't tried out for the play yet. We kind of laughed it off. He said, no, come into my, got us involved. I mean, he, they, they pulled you into involvement. And I think that was, that was great because, you know, we got the opportunity to, to participating in things that we might not have been great at, but we got the opportunity to still be involved. Right. Yeah. That was my favorite thing about, you know, being, you know, I grew up here in York. Um, and so even, 
you know, class B school, I would still be able to do a lot of sports that I maybe not have been able to do in a class A school or anything like that. And so those opportunities in these smaller rural communities um, to be able to do a lot of activities um, is, is, is incredible and a great, a great advantage um, to these rural community schools. Um, you were mentioning a little bit about Peru State. How did you decide upon Peru State? Was it, you mentioned acad or sports, um, was sports kind of a, a determining factor or how did that kind of play in? That was probably what, one of the factors there because you know, I was looking for some place where I thought I could have the opportunity to get a chance to continue in athletics. Uh, and they're about the only school that showed a little interest in me. So I got, got that opportunity. And then, uh, then what I really fell in love with was the relationships with the teachers because um, if, if there was anything that you didn't understand or that you needed help with, they were always available. And I, and I really appreciate the fact that, you know, I could go right in and talk to any of my professors, you know, of course they had office hours, but they made it feel like they were always open and welcome to helping you out. And that's what I really appreciated too, was just, uh, just the interaction. It seemed like um, the professors there got to know you and that they wanted you to be successful too, which was great. Were you always set then on education, or did would you did you make a couple changes there in, in uh, college? Derek, I was I was actually a double major. I got my biz, uh, my business administration degree and my business education degree. But I, I thought all along I wanted to do something with teaching and coaching. I've I've always been somebody. My my boys will tell you this: it's uh, I can carry on a conversation with anybody. They said, I meet a stranger in Walmart. I can talk to him for 10 minutes, you know, and, and I laugh and I said, you know, I like the people interaction. I love being involved in, in, uh, in relationships. So I knew I wanted to do something like that. Uh, so going into teaching just seemed like a natural for me. I love sports of all kinds So coaching was, was a natural for me too. Um, the unique thing when I got hired on at Chester Hubble Byron, my first teaching experience, uh, it was about June after I'd already been hired that uh, the superintendent called me up, and that's kind of how it worked back then. Said, "Hey, by the way, you're also going to be because I was going to help out with uh, basketball and track." They said, "You're also going to be the volleyball coach." And I go, "Help out?" They go, "No, you're going to be the head volleyball coach." I go, "Holy cow!" So uh, at that time, then I went down to the Peru State uh, volleyball coach, and, and I said, "Hey, help me, teach me skills." I said, "I can't walk in." You know, and the girls looking at me said, what does this guy know? So I spent a lot of time that summer just developing skills in volleyball. And what's funny is uh, uh, my wife would tell you it's probably the, the sport that I enjoyed coaching the most in was volleyball. And, and I really loved it. But no, it was a great experience. And I'm glad that uh, I got that call in June and said, hey, by the way, you're going to coach volleyball. And then the interesting fact about that, Derek, besides having a great career in, in the education realm of it too, at Chester Rebel Byron, my um, – third year and final year at CHB, uh, the team I coached made it to the state finals in, uh, in volleyball, and they got beat by a team from McCool Junction. And when I came to be the superintendent, a couple girls on that team that I coached called me, and they said, Coach, how can you go to McCool Junction? And I joked, and I said, you know what they say, if you can't beat them, join them. So uh, they gave me a hard time about that, but no. Uh, so I always say this, I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in, in somebody up above, too, and, and I, I think, you know, when, when I saw this McCool Junction opening when I was down in Lubbock, Texas, and we wanted to come home, I thought, I said, God must be showing me a sign. Because I said, that's who beat me in the state championship, you know, that, that year. And so I said, he must be showing me a sign. So I'm glad he did. Glad there's got to be, yeah, there's got to be some reasoning behind that. No doubt. Yeah. Got it. That, that's really funny. Yeah. So you talked about uh, Chester Hubble Byron, CHB there. Um, how did um, you get placed with, with them was that some sort of um did you uh, have a relationship with uh, one of your teachers and your professors that had a connection there or how did you land there there, there was just some openings there Derek and, or openings and back in my day you looked at the Omaha World Herald for all the openings and so I sent out applications the one thing I was excited about CHB or Chester wasn't that far from my friend so I said it would be close to home too so I can go work and I did in the summertime worked and helped farm with my dad but I said, you know, great, great opportunity. So when I got the job there, I, I felt like that was a great opportunity too. Uh, then from Chester, I got the opportunity that one of the guys I taught and coached with at Chester went on and was the athletic director at Elm Creek. And Stan Whistle and Stan, had, there was an opening then in Elm Creek for a business teaching job and uh, volleyball. I, at, at 
Elm Creek. Then I was a head volleyball coach, assistant basketball, assistant track, uh, did junior class sponsor and uh, FBLA. So you had to do everything back then too. But it got the chance to, to go teach and coach with Stan again. So that was my connection to Elm Creek. What were you teaching, I guess, at CHB? Were you business? Were you a business teacher down then there too? Yeah, business education. And, and I said the, the majority of that was accounting one, accounting two. Typing back then was, was big. I know it's called keyboarding now, but typing mm-hmm. went from the realms of how to formulate letters and, 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 pers- and business communication. Uh, right. But accounting was a big one. And then uh, business law and, and a general business class is what I taught. And then when I went to Elm Creek, kind of the same thing uh, in Elm Creek, um, same thing, except my last year at Elm Creek, uh, there was a computer uh, programming class that had always been in the, in the math department and the math department was full with classes and they opened it up and they said, hey, Kurt, you want to teach this? And I laughed. I said, I'm talking about learning during uh, uh, the kids that were in that class that had stronger math skills than I did. And I was laughing. I go, but we had a great experience and it, and it taught me that uh, uh, how important it is to continue to learn. And the kids respected that, that uh, I learned right alongside of them. But again, it was just a great experience to learn. Definitely. Definitely. Elm Creek there. Um, how long were you at Chester Hubble and then before you went to Elm Creek? Three years at, uh, at Chester Rebel Byron, then at Elm Creek two years, and then I got the opportunity. And back then when you're a young coach, you think, hey, you made it to the top. But I got the chance. Uh, I was the head volleyball coach at Kearney High School. So I said, hey, get to be a Class A head coach. That's, that's where you're at. And I, I was the head dream. coach. Yeah. <laughs> so I go, hey, that's, that's big stuff. But, you know, what I found out, and I loved every place I've been, Derek, I've had a great experience and a great educational system. But I found out even, you know, the small – Town kids had the same desire and work ethic that that they did in Class A. The only thing that was different is uh, I had to make cuts at Carney High that I didn't have to at CHB, and that, and that that was tough when you had to cut kids from programs. Uh, and I didn't enjoy that that much. But then I was at Carney High for two years, and and there was more specialized. I just taught two classes at uh, at uh, Carney High um, multiple times. I taught business law and marketing, and so that that was interesting. And then uh, I was assistant. Uh, uh, girls basketball coach also at, at uh, Kearney High School but really real enjoyed that experience and then uh, uh, the, the next U-turn in our life happened because of my wife and she's a teacher also but she she was tired of the cold weather and always talked about going to Texas there you, go. I, you know you, you always scan through the paper but Omaha World Herald I, I looked and it's a Lubbock Texas is coming to Lincoln to, to interview for teachers so I joked and I said hey here's your chance to get to get get to warmer weather and so she kind of held us like can we can we go for the interviews I'm laughing oh so we go to interview and they interviewed at the Cornhusker Hotel I interviewed with one of the assistant superintendents Lisa interviewed with one of the uh, directors for personnel in Lubbock but they as we were getting ready to leave they asked they said would you two please stay for a little bit longer we want to talk to you a little bit more Derek, my heart started racing because I said, hey, I might have to put my money where my mouth is. And uh, you might move. <laughs> might move. And they, they took us down there because at that time I was getting into administration or wanted to get into administration. Uh, they said, we might have some opportunities for you, opportunities for Lisa. And uh, we spent 10 years in Lubbock. And it was a great. Have you gotten your master's yet then at this point? I had my master's uh, from UNK. Uh, and then uh, so – Got the opportunity uh, as assistant principal, uh, and what was what was unique there was assistant principal. And usually in Lubbock, there's kind of a progression. There was an assistant principal of a junior high, then assistant principal of a high school, then associate principal. Then you usually get your own own building. So I understood what I was up for at that time. Uh, I got to open up a building in in Lubbock that was uh, was actually mandated under court order for desegregation. And so we opened up Cavazos Junior High School, and uh, I was there uh, for four years. And the principal that uh, w- that I was there with uh, went on then to, to be an administrator in San Antonio. And so you know we were preparing to go in with a new administration and things like that, a new principal. And so me and another assistant principal were talking how it's going to look uh, when um, when I got a call down to central office. And, and I'm going to tell you what, Derek, I was still a kid in, in my, my view. And they said, hey, we're, we're going to move, promote you to principal of a junior high. 
So I got my own own campus uh, right in the, the middle of the city. And uh, uh, it was a great experience and was there for uh, at Wilson Junior High for four years. And then they moved me to, um, the, it was the newest and, and largest junior high in the city uh, to be a principal. Uh, before we, I made my next uh, revelation in my life, uh, why I wanted to come back to small town uh, America. Or, how, how, how big were those schools you were teaching down there in Texas? Uh, the, like Wilson, or, I guess. High, yeah, Wilson Junior High, where I was principal at, was probably about eight 900 kids. Uh, Ayers was a little bit bigger than that, over 1,000 students at the time. And so the reason, Derek, that it was, uh, it was in November, and a student walked through the doors, uh, and I'm, I was in the hallway with an assistant principal and a counselor. Uh, no, it was two assistant principals, and I walked through the door, and I said, who's that student? And it was in November, and they, they weren't sure. So I followed him, and, and junior highs at the time were set up 7th, 8th, and ninth. So I followed him into a ninth grade uh, algebra class. Then I went and got one of the ninth counselors and said, who's this kid? You know, Kurt, he's been with us since day one. And, and I went home and I told Lisa, I said, you know, I'm almost, you know, insulated from, from the kids. I said, you know, there were like five secretaries. In the, and I said, I didn't have a lot of interaction. I said, I don't know. I said, I got into education to be around kids. And I have a good wife because uh, we just built a house in Texas. And uh, she had a great job, and I told her, I said, I need to go home. I need to go home. And so when, uh, when I applied for the job at McCool Junction, a good story is um, uh, the first guy that hired me as an administrator went on to be the commissioner of education in Texas. And then we, at, when I applied for the McCool Junction job, was the superintendent of Dallas. So I called Dr. Moses to get a re reference, and I go, I'm going after a superintendent's job back in Nebraska. And he said, that's a great Great opportunity. He said, how many kids? I said, about 150 kids. He goes, which class? I said, oh, all 13. He goes, hey, he said that, he said, you know, you can fall in love. He said, you can educate kids wherever you're at. And so, um, and that smallness, I tell you, now we're up to about 260, 270 kids. But, but again, um, it was just a chance to get back home. And, and we wanted to raise our boys back home and, and being close to their grandparents and things uh, was important to us. But uh, finding McCool Junction was a blessing. I tell you what, this is home. You know, being here now, starting on 19 years, this has been home, and so uh, uh, I've enjoyed that. And it's been it's been a lot of fun. I I've, I've had fun poked at me all the time when I went and got my doctorate at Seton Hall. You know, I was in classes with uh, administrators from New York City, from uh, from Atlanta, uh, from uh, Cleveland. All over, you know, uh, I remember when I got up to introduce myself in the cohort. I got up and introduced myself. I said, I'm from McCool Junction, Nebraska. And they all kind of stopped, got quiet. I said, at the time, I said, I, I said we have 185 kids in our school. Assistant. And there's laughter, Derek. And so uh, uh, the professor got up then after I introduced myself. And he said, Kurt, he goes, uh, he said, how many of your kids graduate? How many of your seniors graduate? I said, 100%. He said, how many of your kids go on to post-secondary? I said, between 80 and 90% every year. And uh, I remember Dr. Kelly said, does anybody else want to compare their statistics with Kurt's school? And he goes, I don't think there'll be any more laughter about, the, you know, this small school. But it was great. And then after I got done with my doctorate program, there was a, one of the professors went around, you know, because there were people from all over, even international schools in our 32 cohorts, one from Singapore, one from Costa Rica. And they said, you know, what, what school district would you like to visit? And the majority goes, and my nickname back then, Derek, in the, in the cohort was Mayberry. But they go, uh, they go, we'd like to go see Kurt's school. And I, I was very proud of that because, like I said, you know, they, they just were, they couldn't believe what we could do in a small school and the success we had at a small school. So I was really proud of that. And I said, uh, and, and it, was a, it was a great experience for me, too, to go back to get my doctor back east. And I appreciate McCool Junction working with me because I had to go back throughout the year every other month and then spend uh, several summers back there. But it was a great opportunity and it was, and it was great just to hear what it was like to be an administrator. Cause I thought Lubbock, Texas was big. Not until you talk to the administrators from New York city public schools and oh, things like that. You go, hey. I couldn't imagine. It, so it was, Derek, it was, it was great. It was a great experience. And, and, I, and I loved getting my doctorate at Seton Hall, but, um, it made me appreciate how lucky I'm in to be at uh, McCool Junction.
For sure, for sure. Um, to wind up a little bit, um, or go back a little bit, um, you were down there in Texas. What were your first, I guess, um, few years like adjusting to? Because, I mean, that is a substantial population change going from, I mean, even Kearney. I mean, Kearney was a large school, but, I mean, to go yeah. to these numbers, I mean, that's still a big change. So what was that like? It, it was it was it was interesting for me and in the one thing though Derek that I was blessed with um, I was mentored by great administrators you know like I said Dr. Moses went on to be Commissioner of Education superintendent superintendent Dallas the next superintendent Dr. Caldwell went on to become superintendent at Garland school district one of, you know probably one of the 50 or 60 largest school districts in the in the country and, and I mean, I was just mentored by great people who showed me how important professionalism was, but also understood how important it was to build relationships. And even in school districts that size, how critical those relationships were uh, with people. And, and that's, you know, the, the advice that, uh, that uh, when I became a principal, and I, and I said I was a young kid when I became a principal, but one of the best advice that uh, one of the assistant superintendents gave me they said, Kurt, if you ever have to tell somebody in this school you're the principal, you're not. They said, you don't have to tell anybody. They said, it's the way you carry yourself. It's the way you interact with people. They said, you got to earn their respect. You can't, you know, tell them. And so I was just mentored by great, great role models that uh, I, I saw how they got elevated to the positions they did. And so uh, that, that was probably the biggest one. But, yeah, the, the one thing, uh, Derek, was – there was issues that uh, I saw in Texas that I didn't see in other places, you know, that uh, uh, were, were interesting. And, and it's funny, I think Lubbock's about right now between 250. Oh, it's a county. They don't count the city limits because it, but it's probably that county area is about 300,000 people. But it was funny from being assistant principal at Cavazos Junior High to principal at Irons Junior High in the other part of the city. It was like worlds away. And it was funny, you know, it's, it's, it's across the city. Yeah, you don't think of that, but yeah. It was, they were two completely different, you know. Uh, Socioeconomic, everything. Uh, much, I mean. much difference, yeah. Yeah, and so that was, that, and it, it was just a great, I guess, educational, build, you got to build up relationships. I don't care if they're low social economic or high social economic. It, it all comes down to relationships with kids. Definitely. Um, how how did those years down in Texas, what were some of the things that kind of prepared you to come back to kind of a smaller school? Um, but, you know, maybe what were some other things that you kind of brought back with you? I, I think um, I think it was just, you know, how important it is to build relationships with teachers, to have plans, goals. Uh, the, the school I took over as principal at Wilson Junior High, uh, we were almost uh, on the state list Texas had, you know, the toss test and um, we were almost on low performing. So I understood we had to put a plan in place. And in four years, we went from that to the top. Uh, it, it's, at the time was, uh, uh, we went from low performing to recognize to exemplary school. And it's, it was hard work and it was a plan. But I, I, I thought, you know, looking at data, organizing, uh, try, but we had to get the kids to buy in. That's that's where it all starts. You you got to get the kids to buy in to, to their education and to understand and build that up. But I think that was that was a big part of it too. Is just organizational structure uh, to understand you can learn from everybody. I always say this, you know, even at McCool Junction, probably the weakest links most days is a guy sitting in the superintendent's chair. A lot there's a lot of talent around me and a lot of strength around me. And, um, and I, I've got to realize that. And that's one thing as a principal. So let, let my assistant principals, the teachers, give them the, the, that have the talent, let them do what they, they need to do and stand back and give people a chance. And that's, I think that's one thing with the strong leaders that I work for is uh, to understand that uh, uh, to be a real strong leader more times than not, you, uh, you don't have to be on the stage. you got to be behind the curtains cheering them on. And giving yeah, you certainly do have great leadership down there. I mean, I, I had Dade McDonald on for one of these podcasts uh, for our first season, and it was great getting to listen to him and, um, you know, everything that he's brought uh, to the community and everything like that. And so certainly, yeah, great to have um, those those leaders around you as well to kind of help help bring everything along. Coming up on all, it's almost been 20 years now. So what's what's these 
last few years been like compared to those first one or two years back in McCool? Um, I guess what's changed? What's similar? Very good. The, the first couple of years, and, and the one thing that's good is McCool's got such a strong support system, and, and their school is so important to them. But the first year or two, there was concerns about, you know, remaining open. And so the one thing that I think York County's blessed with, because I get asked that all the time, you know, the competition wise. Consolidation you know, has always been such a huge conversation. And I mean, just even as I can remember. It, it is. And, and the one thing that I said that was going to make York County strong is we're blessed. We've got three strong school districts. We've got York Public. we got Heartland. we got McCool. And then we got the, the parochials. Uh, elementary said do a great job and I'm sitting mm -hmm. there going what what you know I saw is you know that it's so important for the vitality of communities to keep schools uh, alive and, and and I say this too you know it's probably going to be long after the good Lord takes me home but your county is going to continue to grow it, you know we're blessed to be with two major thoroughfares running by us um I think we've got great young people like you and, and other people coming back to this area. That's what I see that my wife and I love to walk. And we are talking since I've been superintending here, how many new homes have gone up in McCool Junction. Well, I'm sitting there going, you know, you multiply that 40 years from now. What, what is it going to look like? It's going to continue to grow. And, and what I want to see is uh, that there's, there's options for, for people like uh, – uh, young families, they, they can have the option to, to attend a York public schools, a Heartland, a McCool, what other school, what other size school district they want. But I think we, we've got to leave it so there's options for families to decide where they want to go and, and understand we work together on this. We're all partnerships. You know, we're, we're not in competition. I said the only time we're in competition is on Friday nights and Thursday nights. After the whistle blows or the, the clock goes off, we're all partners again. We're all partners in this. But Probably the major thing I saw was um, how much time do we have? And when I first got here, the, you know, my first couple of years, how much longer do you think you have to stay open? That question the last 10 years hasn't been, been asked of me. And then uh, the thing I'm also proudest of, Derek, that's changed the most is um, just our formula for what we've done as far as uh, building projects. You know, we've had the State Board of Education come take a look at it. We've had a number of school districts come take a look. They go, tell us this formula again. These buildings are going up with private donations, in-kind work. They go, yeah, we're, we're building it. We're, we're paying for it uh, outside the, ta the tax rules because that's how much this means to the people. And, and that's, what, that's what makes me proud is that uh, just the, the community involvement uh, of McCool and the support they've given us is, is incredible is incredible, but uh, it's, it's evolved a lot. Uh, the opportunities our kids have continue to increase. Um, and, and I see partnerships continuing on where, you know, we, we work together as far as giving kids opportunities within other school districts, within uh, uh, online learning. There's so many things that our kids are getting now, but uh, again, I, I just can continue to see education evolving to where, um, uh, there's going to continue to be opportunities for kids. And the one thing I also see that, that I really enjoy and, and I appreciate your organization for this, we, we've got kids going out and doing internships, you know, uh, in their senior year to go out and see, you know, what's out there. And some of them are coming out and graduating and staying in York County and working at the internships. And that's, that's what I want to see. I want to see young, mm -hmm. talented people stay here. And that's probably the most satisfaction I see, Derek, is, is um, kids that are going to school here now are second generation. I had their parents walking through the hallways now. So when they see them, I see, you know, them and, and see what, what, uh, what they have developed here. And so that's what's exciting for me is to see young families come back here. And, and you know, I'd be happy one day if, if both my sons would want to return and be here. Oh, my one son goes to York College right now. But if he graduates and wants to stay in this area, that'd be great. Certainly, yeah. You have, you must have been um, very excited then when uh, I'm sure you had Kyle Smith and remember him when he made his way back. Yeah, he was a, a friend of mine. Yeah, we were um, friends throughout school, and so yeah, he was. It was great to see him come back, him and his wife, um, and build a home. Yeah, down there in McCool, and wow. um, you know him have his opportunity with Shikoski and being able to open up his firm here in here in York. And so yeah, that was a great opportunity. Yeah, and, and Kyle, Kyle represents what you know, the families are. His dad has 
been on our school board, been the president of our school board, his grandmother, staunch supporter of the school. But just seeing those generational things, and, and I laugh, I said, uh, when Kyle and Mallory were building their home, you know, old walkers like my wife and I kept walking by to say, how's the house coming? Because we were excited. We're excited oh. to see our young kids come back. And it was great. Yeah, it was, it was, it was fun to watch that house come up. Yeah, it was, that was a, it was a nice project for, for everyone, for sure. How has McCool School's mission kind of changed over these kind of last 20 years? Or is there kind of been, um, you know, a change of focus or how has, um, you know, that kind of evolved? I, I tell you, Derek, I, I think it's, it's still the same. It comes down to the families, you know, uh, that that's, it comes down to where we're still a school that's, that's, hopefully giving kids the opportunities to do whatever they want to. Uh, and like I said, small schools can do anything they want to. I, I, uh, my, my oldest son will graduate from Creighton this year with his doctorate in physical therapy. He's going to marry a young lady that he went to school with from McCool Junction who's got her doctorate in physical therapy. You know, and I said, hopefully we can get back to the York area one day. So I'll be close when they have grandchildren. Uh, but I think you can do anything. I said, uh, our last year's Valvictorians and going to school in Harvard. I think in small schools, you can do anything, but I think we, we've got to tailor ourselves to say, we've got to make sure we provide an opportunity for kids to live their dreams. It, it doesn't matter what, what they want to do. Like I said, um, the other day, or one of our projects we were working on, I had alumni that came back, highly skilled plumbers, electricians that came back and helped us. Skills that are vital, critical, and I'm sitting there going, they're, they're successful. They're doing great things. And, and, and I look at it as I, I think our mission is going to continue to be this thing. You know, family first and provide opportunities for kids to, to do whatever they want to. And the, the one thing that I see changing, though, Derek, along the way is, you know, probably back when, when I got started in, in teaching is, you know, everybody was, you know, what's your post-secondary plans? You know, as far as what, what colleges are you going to go to? I see it changing to where the workforce has done a great job of providing internship programs on the job training and providing great opportunities for kids to go right from school to work if they, if they so choose. So I don't think the focus, you know, back in the day, it used to be, you have to go to college. You have to go to college. I, I want kids who want to go to college, get to college. I want the other kids to understand their success in all different realms. You know, it, it's, it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's where you want to be at and, and, and help them get there. And I think that's our job, and that should continue to be our focus. Are we getting kids to where they want to be at in the end result? And, and I think that should be the mission of all schools. And so that, that's, that's what I hope is happening. And, and, uh, and the one thing that I hope, too, and I always say when people call and say, well, tell us about McCool Junction Schools. And I said, you know, I'm a superintendent. I'm not much of a salesman, but I, I tell them, I said, talk to families who have been here. Talk to kids who have been here. And I said, you know, we don't have all the answers. We're not perfect. But I said, you know what? This is a great place to, to raise children and, and to get an education at. Just like I said, uh, I think that's one of York's strengths, too, is it uh, is surrounded by, as I said, in, in York County, great school districts and uh, that are providing great services for the community. And in return, I think we're blessed, too. I think all the school districts in York County are blessed to have great communities that support them and allow them to do great things. Yeah, you mentioned a little bit about, um, you know, McCool growing and everything like that. You know, what are some projects that uh, maybe you have um, maybe identified for the future or maybe that are currently ongoing um, for, you know, growing uh, the schools? I know recent projects have been the track and then, um, you know, some other work inside the school. And so what, you know, what maybe are some other projects that are, you know, upcoming? Well, Derek, I'll tell you, the, the one that always amazes me is that, that we did was our learning center. Because we, as we continue to grow, you know, the principal and I at the time were talking about, you know, well, we need three or four classrooms. And then we got the community involved and said, no, we'll, we'll get it built. And uh, that's when we had our community learning center with six classrooms and a library. And, um, and I was looking, I go, how are we going to get this paid for? Because we, we weren't going to go on the tax rolls. And uh, I had a couple of civic leaders, uh, uh, Paul Underwood and Ron Clark, that took the project over and uh, kind of led the fundraising and things like that. Derek, that was paid for several years ago. We did our elementary edition the same way. And, uh, and this year, right now, and, and I laugh and I tell people this, 
were doing an office project this summer. And somebody asked, why are we doing an office project? Uh, because it's needed. And I, and I always say this, you don't spend money on administration, but uh, I announced to the board that I'm going to graduate with the class of 2021. And so they kind of looked at me and they go, yeah, I'm not retired. I'm graduating because I'm going to do something else. But, I, but this is our hometown. But I said, it's, it's hard to spend money on administration. But I said, we need an office space. We need a place where it's visible to the – and so we're moving forward with that. We're going to do that. We're actually in the process of working on that right now. And so I'm not sure if we're going to be in it at the start of the school year. But I tell you what, I hope our, our new superintendent, new principal, appreciate what the old superintendent did uh, a year from now and say, hey, gave you a nice office space. And it's going to be good for our community, too. But again, we're going to try to do it uh, and keep it off the tax rolls. And, and that's important. There. But that's, that's kind of looking. And then the, the other thing on the educational end, I want to continue to try to expand our, our internship vocational type programs. And we're blessed to have a great FFA program a great business program, but I think we need to continue to expand uh, internship opportunities for kids uh, so we can get from, you know, from school to work. We've got to continue to focus on that so kids have an opportunity once they, once they leave McCool Junction. Yes, it, yeah, it, it's exciting to see, yeah, the focus shift from, um, like you said, yeah, from, you know, you must, and all, the only way for you to be successful is to attend a uh, four-year school or something like that. And that just simply isn't the case, as you've, as you stated, yeah, you can be successful many different ways, you know, going through the uh, trade schools or two-year school or many different routes um, yes. to attain that success. And so <clears throat> that's good to hear that, yeah, our educators in the area are, are pushing that route too, because um, a lot of our manufacturers are trying to, you know, they want to hire people right out of high school and, you know, get them built up, you know, the way, you know, the way they can and, you know, um, then they can help them go on to, um, you know, secondary education if they want to, you know, get, they can get on the shop floor and, you know, be a machinist or do whatever they want on the entry level. But if they want to be a human resources expert or an accounting uh, individual, you know, they will be able to get that training and be paid for from their, um, from their employer. So nothing better than getting paid and then get your education paid for. Derek, and I agree, and that's one thing, because we had, uh, I know they went to area schools and had different representatives from manufacturing in the York uh, community and area came around and talked to kids about, you know, here's our needs. We, we've got openings all the time and, and trying to recruit them to stay. And that's why I said, if we can keep our young talent in this area, uh, that's only going to serve us all. And, and, and that's what I see. I see, uh, I do, uh, I see 20 years from now that York, county is going to look different it's going to look different on a, on a positive note it's going to continue to grow i see yeah i'll be interested to see what, what the census changes that this upcoming census and then uh and in future years because i see a very positive thing happening in this area definitely for sure for sure yeah well that, that, that's certainly great to hear yeah we appreciate that certainly um you know with our organization um, so a little bit of a change now. Um, we're gonna, you know, uh, talk a little bit more about you personally and your life and everything. So talk to me a little bit more. You mentioned your wife Lisa, so she's a teacher. So talk to me a little bit more about her, her career and everything. She's a teacher, and I, and I tell you what, Derek, I, I laugh because I've seen other people say they outkicked their coverage. I did too. Uh, but what was interesting about that? Our our meeting was at a school event. And it was at uh, the district track meet. I was coaching. I was coaching at Chester, and she was uh, Doan College track athlete, and she was there working the meet, picking. And uh, 3,200 of all races, there was a there was a race for the finish between second and third, and of course, only the top two go to state. Well, my athlete was, of course, as the coach, clearly got second place. Well, the other kid that was close behind him, the coach ran up to the finish line and said, hey, start hugging him, graduate, you know, grabbing him and say, you made it stay. Well, I ran across the field and said, no. Uh, the football player said, my kid. I said, no. And so we're over there, and it got a little heated. And, uh, and Lisa was one of the pickers, and she goes, hey, she came up to the coach. She goes, no. She goes, your, your kid got second, clearly. And I said, thank you. And we were talking. So we got a conversation, and I laughed. And I said, uh, we started out that way. And, uh, and then I found out, you know, as far as her love, special education. So she's been a special education teacher. And, and uh, her, her path, when I was at Elm Creek, she was at Holdridge. We were both in Kearney together, both in Lubbock together. 
Um, since I've been in McCool Junction, she's been in Shickley. And so we've, we've been blessed and, and have had a great career. So yeah, she's, she's in special ed. And, and again, her dad's a retired farmer in the Saline County area too. Uh, our, our dad's farm, you know, maybe 15 miles apart from each other. We never knew each other growing up until, until we interacted right there. Uh, Funny how life works that way, yeah. Uh, it, so it's really crazy. But no, and then we were blessed. Uh, both our sons were, were born down in, in Lubbock, Texas. Um, both graduates of McCool Junction, proud of what, and they would tell you, proud of what the education and opportunities they got here. Uh, uh, they've got to compete at different levels from state competitions in sports to state competitions and academics and, and speech and drama they're both were involved in in, in everything and uh, uh, again uh, just just great opportunities and, and that's that's one thing that uh, I always share is uh, that they walked out of here saying hey we we got got a great education and great people behind it and uh, uh, and I would say both of them well of course my youngest going to York College he loves York College in this area but uh, I know, uh, I know one day they'd like to land back in this area. That would be great. Um, are they so one's in college and one is one is uh well he was in in one of the hospitals in and Kearney and got uh, Creighton pulled all their interns out. But he's he's in his last year of physical therapy school. But he will graduate uh, this May from Creighton and then. Connor is a junior at York College, and so okay. in, in his major's education. So uh, I have one of the physical therapists and hopefully a teacher. But uh, uh, yeah, that they, they've really enjoyed the experience. And again, um, they they love this area, and, and it's been pretty important to them. And, and growing up, you know, they did the things in York, the task league, all those things. They, oh, they, yeah. they, got, they got the experience to, to work and, and, and interact with other kids too in the area. So they, they, they understand how important. What know, ages were they then when they, so I guess they would have been, how old they, were they when they? When, when, uh, when you talk about Kyle Smith, when Kyle was a, a senior, Coleman was a freshman. Okay. So graduated in 2013, I believe. And then, uh, uh, Connor graduated in 2018 so okay. no but it's they've they had a great great experience here too so but yeah they uh, I would say that's that's probably uh, a thing that uh, I always appreciate is that uh, they're still in connection with a lot of their their high school teachers just like I think everybody is and, and they see right. the see the relationships and that's just it the, the people who molded them um was sometimes a lot they had a lot you know more influence uh sometimes than mom and dad did so really appreciate that certainly yeah i don't you know a lot of my friends i went to the larger community schools i don't imagine them you know they don't have the conversations like you know i don't know miss holder you know we don't have people talking about miss holder you know in like a class a school or stuff like that there there are those that exist but you know it's it's tough to get you know those types of relationships and stuff so life in York County, you know, what's, what's, um, how's it been for the last, um, you know, 20 years? Was it, has it been as expected or, you know, what, what's kind of, what's it been like for you? Derek, it's been home. I said, we, we really feel that we're, we're home. We built a house in McCool. You know, this, this is, this is going to be where we end up at. Even, even after I walk out the doors of McCool Junction next year, I hope to find other opportunities in the York County area. Uh, because I laugh and I said, you know, I, I know it's time for somebody else to take the, the, the reins of McCool Junction schools. But I, I hope I stay very active in the community, in the school. And I hope I get active in, in, the, in York County. I, I'm blessed. I, get, I serve on the Henderson Healthcare Board. And so, you know, I reach across and, and get opportunities to serve. And that's what I hope I can do is, is continue to find opportunities where I can serve or, or get on other things where I can help, you know, the county, the community you know, the state in, in other ways. Definitely, definitely. Well, I'll have to keep you in mind to, uh, for, for our list when we need uh, anyone for different, different volunteers or anything like that. We'll, we'll keep, you on, keep you on the list. Don't forget to call me, but the boys will say when you call me, you expect about a 10-minute conversation. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm down for it. I'm down for it. So what are some other hobbies there that you kind of, kind of enjoy? You know, obviously you enjoy meeting people and some other things like that, but what are some other things that you kind of enjoy? 
all, I would say most of our activities are around uh, uh, school activities. We love going to, when, when people say, well, you got another activity tonight. We love it. I, I love going to sporting events, to, to fine arts events, anything where our kids are involved in. You know, uh, somebody once came up to me and told me our activities banquet was too long. And I'm sitting there going, what better way to spend a night than to sit there and listen to our teachers brag about our kids? I said, you know, that that's where one person is thinking that I'm saying, you know, that's that's three great hours I got to spend listening to people brag about our kids. And, and so anything to do with kids is, is kind of our hobby. But uh, uh, my wife is good at buying uh, antiques and things and trying to fix them up or put them someplace that, uh, in our house. And uh, probably her biggest antique is the guy she's married to. But uh, besides, <laughs> she hasn't got rid of me yet, Derek. So I'm hoping that's the case too. <laughs> so um, it's been an interesting um, last couple months, as I just kind of alluded to. Um, so what was kind of McCool's response, uh, to the COVID-19 coming in? And then, uh, we'll talk about that first and then we'll kind of move a little bit forward. So yeah, McCool's response. Derek, the, the one thing I was proud about, because once we found out, we talked about it earlier about switching over to, to online learning. And I've shared this with a couple people at the state level is that, um, I've never been prouder of a profession in my life because, uh, when people say, well, you know, what are they putting into it? They're putting so many extra hours in, but, but switching over to online learning, there's packets that have been delivered. There's been instructional materials, devices that have been delivered to the homes. Uh, I tell you what, Mr. McDonald, our principal, who is our technology administrator, he's gone out to homes to make sure people are on and going with technology. Um, I've had teachers go above and beyond. But, but Derek, you know, when, when we first thought about it, you know, we probably were like everybody else. This is surreal. This isn't going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then once it did, I was so proud because we, we sent the kids home on a Tuesday and used the next three days and really planned and put things together. But I'm telling you what, I've had teachers that probably were not as strong technology-wise that are unbelievable in Zoom conferences, YouTube. I mean, there's so many different apps that we're using to reach kids now that, that is phenomenal. And then just, uh, just our teachers going out um, to, to go meet with kids and take stuff out you know, uh, at the elementary level uh, once every two weeks. It's just been phenomenal to see uh, their dedication efforts. So I've been very proud of them. The, the one thing, though, Derek, that concerns me, though, I, I hope we get kids back in the building soon. Because uh, there is going to be a gap. And, and the one thing I appreciate, I respect our parents, but you're sitting there going, parents have jobs, they have other responsibilities, then to make sure their child gets, the, you know, the several hours of online or instructional learning on top of that, they're going above and beyond. So uh, I'm, I'm really proud of our parents too. But, but again, this is something that um, I think it, it was a lesson. You know, Derek, you asked me, what, you know, lessons learned along the way. I think flexibility is always one in education. Flexibility is always one that you have to understand that you, you, you've got to be flexible. You, you've got to adapt to the situation. But this has gone above and beyond. And so, um, again, I, I, I shared with a couple of my teachers. I said, I think there's going to be a greater appreciation for the teaching profession when kids come back. Uh, but, but, again, I, I think there's a greater respect from our teachers too, to understand that our parents are truly our partners in education and, and we can't do, we can't do it alone. We got to be together in this. So, uh, uh, so I, I was really, I was really pleased with how fast we adapted there because we, we adapted pretty fast. And when we were up running, well, there were some glitches, there are some glitches in some of our online learning for, you know, the first week, but since then it's been phenomenal. And then, then just the uh, extra effort from teachers getting on the phone to contact kids to make sure where they're staying on top of things it has been phenomenal. So been, been very impressed, but uh, I just, I just saw uh, through this that no matter what, what challenge can be thrown out there that uh, we can adapt to it and we can continue to educate children. But again, I pray that uh, this fall, there's a way to bring every kid back physically here. So, yeah, no, it's, it's certainly been, you know, tough choices for everyone with there not being, you know, any one right way to do 
anything along this way and administrators and teachers have all been trying to do the best they can uh, you know every all things considered and you know making the best decisions for both their students and their faculty and everyone and Derek I think you brought up a good point because because I always say this to you know I we're going to make mistakes. I always share as, as a superintendent, you know, I got a phone call once because I called off a snow day and it didn't snow. And they go, they go, great job. They go, yeah, you're doctorate. I said, just because I have a doctor doesn't mean I'm smart. I said, that, that doesn't mean anything. And I said, uh, and, and I always share that, you know, uh, through all the decisions I make every day, I'm going to make mistakes. And, and not all my decisions are good decisions. I'm the first one to admit to it. There's a, some of my decisions aren't the best, but I, I always hope that I err on the side of children. And mm-hmm. so when I, that I, I think I'm all right but uh, again this you know do we have one perfect plan in place yet no and if we have to adapt and we have to, to work on something and we're going to spend this summer saying what can we do to improve what we what we had to deliver if it happens again because mm-hmm. there's a chance of good so what can we do to get better and that's I think that's life you know even at 58 I keep looking back what can I do to get better right because I, I hope I'm not the best Curtis Cogswell there is yet. I, I hope I'm not. I hope I can get better each each day. So it's been good to see communities having these different, um, you know, cruise nights and different things like that to try and support their local small businesses. And I know McCool had a great um, turnout um, for theirs a, a while back. Um, I know tonight, um, April 24th, for those that when this does come out, um, there is going to be a cruise night in Waco tonight. And so they're, they're going to be having that to kind of support the bulldog that's there in, there in Waco. Good. And so it's been good to have those. And um, I mentioned, you know, Carrie's, you know, they've been a great supporter for the schools as well. Can you touch on a little bit about what they've kind of provided to you all? I'll tell you what, Carrie's has been phenomenal. And I'm going to tell you about going above and beyond. When this came up and and you know, with COVID nineteen and having kids out, you know, they said how are we going to serve meals and stuff. Lisa and Carrie are providing meals for children that don't and and so we've actually gone over there and picked up meals and delivered it. But they're they're phenomenal. They, each year we have the um, the evening with the stars, our big fundraiser, and we give out legacy awards. And Lisa and Carrie were the legacy award winners this year. And, and they truly have, they've left a legacy in this community and, uh, and they're going to continue to do so. So they're phenomenal people. And that's, that's what I'm surrounded with. I, I laugh. And I said, you know, uh, uh, you're, you're, when, when you get that kind of support and you get those kind of people that are willing to do anything for the community, it, it's, it's, you know, a win for everyone, but uh, no, Carries is they're they're a, a jewel in our our community. We're blessed to have them, blessed. Certainly, certainly, yeah. And so, um, McCool, you know, moving forward, coming out of this, um, obviously, everybody wants to see students back in school this fall. Um, what's McCool kind of doing as far as planning? You know, if that isn't the case, we've talked about it last week. We had a staff meeting with everybody, and you know. We said we'd like to see what the numbers are going to be, Derek, as, as far as the class size, if we could do an A-B schedule type of situation. But there'll be some real real adjustments, like you know, bringing food to the classrooms instead of bringing kids into a cafeteria, small bus routes. You know, There's a lot of things. But if that's not the case, then we'll look at how can we fine-tune our online learning? What are some things we can do? You know, the, a couple people have been very honest with me as far as families, as far as, you know, uh, it's almost overwhelming. So we might have to look at, you know, what can we do to, to, to maybe um, uh, reduce some of our expectations soon? Not, not reduce our expectations, leave our expectations high, but reduce maybe the workload for families. So, uh, but Derek, I'm praying. I said, I saw on the news today that, uh, I think it was England that said they're they're experimenting with a with the vaccination within a month that they think is you know showing some progress. So that's what I'm hoping for is uh, that that occurs uh, because because we need something positive. We really do. We need something positive right now in uh, uh, in in different realms from not just the national end but from the state into. We need some positives going. Certainly, yeah, we need you know something. You know, it'll be good um, come. Was it next Monday, May fourth, when um, some of the restrictions finally get to ease back, and you know um, we're able to kind of open up a little bit and you know see where we at, and you know let that go for another couple of weeks and see where we're at from there. And so, 
hopefully ease into this. And so, yeah, this will, this will be good for us. Last things I have here to kind of round out the interview, um, some fun little rapid fire questions that I have for you. So um, first things first, go to restaurant in York County. What's, what's the kind of restaurant that's your go to? Like you just mentioned it, it's, for us, it's Gary's, but uh, my wife and I populate uh, a lot of different places. That's one thing we do enjoy is going out to eat, but now we're blessed to have, and it's only a couple blocks from our home. So yeah, we love going out to eat at Carrie's. All right. So what's the go-to meal then at Carrie's? Uh, I like a lot of different ones. Mine's probably the chicken teriyaki sandwich. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Favorite book uh, that you've recently read or maybe all-time favorite? All, my probably my all-time favorite is one that I got into as a kid was The Hobbit. I don't know why I just like the, the adventures of Bilbo. They are token, yeah. Uh, so I, I really liked it, but yeah, The Hobbit. But I like reading a lot of motivational books, you know, things by John Gordon or you know anything that I like something that's on a positive side. So yeah, I really like. Um, what's your must-attend York County event? Is there an event that's always circled on your calendar as oh. the the go-to? I tell you, we. we Growing up, uh, of course, in, in McCool, it's the evening with the stars, uh, high school activities. Those are must-attends for me. Uh, my kids have always been involved in 4-H, so the York County Fair is a big one. So, mm-hmm. so anything like that. But uh, uh, I said, those are all must-haves. You know, school activities, the evening with the stars, uh, York County Fair, must, must-haves. Yeah, I was fortunate enough this year to be able to attend my first evening with the stars. And that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, just... I'd never attended a fundraiser in that type of in that type of atmosphere. And it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I'll certainly be back. Derek, you're welcome back anytime. Certainly. And then uh, the last two questions I got here are some interesting ones with it being the NFL draft. Uh, these are some questions that I guess uh, some GMs have proposed to their potential draftees. And so first being, if you were given an elephant and all the supplies that needed to take care of it, you couldn't give it away and you can't sell it. What would you do with that time that you have with the elephant? Gosh, I, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you an interesting story. I love animals. So I would try to try, try to train it. And this is a true story. And people and friend will verify this. When I was a kid, I asked my dad, I wrote a report on buffaloes. And so I asked my dad if I could have buffalo. And my dad thought I would just ignore it. So finally, uh, on my uh, 15th birthday, he woke up and said, we're going to Missouri. I bought you a pair of buffalo. And so uh, he said, and he, we went there and I'm, you know, just a skinny kid. And the guy said, well, what's your son going to do with a pair of buffalo? He said, well, he thinks he can break him the lead. And he looked at it. He said, that kid can't break a buffalo the lead. Well, they're little. They're getting, he was right. I couldn't break it to lead. But we lost one of the buffaloes because my mom planted some iris around the fence and it was poison to the buffalo. Boy, the one that survived and lasted even to when we lived in Lubbock, Texas, we were able to bottle feed like a baby calf. And this, Derek, you can, you can go and, and check this out. We, we were able to let, let it out of the fence. It followed us around like a puppy dog. This big buffalo would follow us around the farm like a puppy dog. Oh, my goodness. Because we bought, but I bottle fed it probably till it was like five years old. It kept giving it milk, but it was just like a like a calf and that is my older brother who came up with the idea to say let's try to bucket feed it let's try to do like our, our baby calves and see if it will tame down and we got it to tame down but i try to tame down that elephant see what i can do to see if it would, <laughs> would follow me around the cool injunction i think an elephant might be easier than a buffalo because i think they are kind of docile animals I, I think i think an elephant following you around uh, mccool would be quite the sight <laughs> they might lock me up Derek, but that'd be all right <laughs> Uh, all right. And the last one I have there, um, if you could describe yourself as any household appliance, what would that household appliance be? Uh, easy one. It'd be a blender. And people say this, they, they ask, they said, you know, what are you going to do when you retire? It's going to be hard because I, I always continually move and I want to think what's next. And, and so hopefully what's next for me is, is serving somehow. I, I laughed. And I said, one guy that I looked up to, you know, while he was in the legislature was Senator Adams. I thought Greg Adams did a great job of community service, being that servant person. And I said, you know, continuing to move. But, um, yeah, uh, like I said, when people say, well, you know, why next year? Because I know it's time. And that's one thing in leadership. you got to know when it's the right time for somebody else to take over and come up with ideas. And, you know, what I know, 
the, the next person that takes over will have better ideas than I will or different ideas and to take it a different direction. And that's good. That's good for organization. It's good for a community. And, it, it, and that's what I want to see that, you know, because I actually teach a leadership class in McCool. This year it was shared with our counselor who did a fantastic job. She taught it more than I did, but just teach kids about leadership, about, you know, to give back. And so it is, it'd be a blender, Derek, because I, I, I want to keep moving and, and I'm not good at just, you know, sitting still. I, I want to see what's next. And, and so, uh, so, you know, in tw- this, the spring of 2021, I'm not going to walk out the door and go to my, my lazy boy. Hopefully I'm going to get involved. Derek calls me and says, can you help out in York County? Yeah, I'd love to. Love to help out. So. Awesome. No, that, that's exciting to hear. Um, great answers. Yeah, I, I love that answer. Um, just always busy and, you know, keeping things going. Um, so certainly can understand that. And so, um, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed the last, um, it seems like an hour that we've had together. Um, you know, I, I've never had a conversation with you going into this. And so it's been, you know, wonderful kind of to get to know you a little bit. Um, I've always had a, uh, you were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, meeting people. I've always had a saying, I don't believe in strangers, only friends I haven't met yet. And so um, it's been exciting to uh, get to know you a little bit more um, and everything like that. So I appreciate um, your time today uh, and sitting down with me. Hey, Derek, anytime that I said, I hope to see you back at next year's evening with the stars. No doubt. I will certainly be there. So thanks. And uh, you have a great rest of your day. You too, Derek. Take care. Take care. This is 17 County, a new podcast brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, Be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.